Tigre Tejara Falter Stach Shot eh, and Podhrela Kid is a Fihin number 121 of the Bite Size Irish podcast. And today we're going to have a very nice interview with Melinda, who's a Grow member of Bite Size Irish. Grow member means that she's on Bite Size Bubble, our private online community. And Melinda, I've um, dealt with Melinda directly because she attended and was part of an online workshop that we ran at Bite Size Irish a year ago. And it was a multi-week workshop, which was a fantastic experience, very motivating experience. And Melinda really was a, a central participant in it. And Melinda is now um, a core part, really, of Bite Size Bubble, our community as well. And I've always liked her approach um, of sticking with it and she'll say herself in the interview that there's certain points where you just you, you kind of stick with it. You're kind of you have you're at a plateau of learning. You're at a plateau of understanding, but something just clicks and you gain the next step in understanding. You're making connections. And that's what happens when you stick with this journey long term, long term. So I hope you enjoy it. And what's also interesting for me is this interview is by Ashling. Ashling is our community manager at Bite Size Irish. And Ashling has been um, basically the core um, contributor of running Bite Size Pubble. That's her main responsibility at Bite Size Irish. And it's been um, really lovely to have a part of Bite Size Irish so far. And she deals with people uh, directly and daily uh, in Bite Size Bubble. And her Irish is beautiful, uh, lovely blast, lovely accent. And um, it's been a pleasure to work with Ashling so far. So we hope to do more of these interviews as well with Bite Size Irish members because each person has a unique experience unique journey unique perspective and the very fact that they're part of a, a learning community bite-sized public it shows that they've invested their heart in it somehow and that's what i love about it so enjoy the interview um it's a, a zoom or whatever recording so the audio is a bit different but hopefully as a podcast it works for you and um talk to you after shalin <laughs> So you're very welcome to today's Agalav Buil. I have the lovely Melinda online with me. Um, so thank you so much, Melinda, for agreeing to do this. I'm really excited to chat to you and hear your story more in detail. Um, so first of all, do you want to introduce yourself a, bit, a little bit to us, Asquilge? Okay, Walter out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's Misha Melinda um, Gardner. I'm um, Rugame in in Muk, Brooklyn, New York, Newer New Erach, um, Tommy Imahoni in Hillsdale, New Erach, um, Fuitua, um, um, 
time poster um, agus um, ta ta kehrar pashti aguin um, agus um, nianor garp pashti oh anias so you've a, a big family anias anias great so thank you very much and um, so Melinda is one of our GROW members and uh, she's very active on Pubble um, and is always sharing really beautiful links to cultural things and literature and music. Um, and I'm only with Bite Size about two months now and um, when I read Melinda's bio and her background and everything, I thought it was so fascinating. Um, so you've shared your story a bit with us already on Pubble about your musical therapy background and how you became to kind of understand your own Irish heritage and what that meant to you. So would you mind just kind of giving us a little brief background on how you got to where you are now with the Irish language, how it all started? Well, you know, it's like it's like many things with me. It kind of comes, little bits come over the years and then suddenly something catalyzes it. So um, I think I think my first exposure to Gaelic was actually we were living in Nova Scotia for a summer and all the street signs were in Scots Gaelic. Um, and then in the, in the 80s, 1980s, I was an apprentice of a Native American elder. And I started, you know, I'm not a Native American. I'm not an indigenous American. And um, uh, I started searching for similar traditions in the West. So that would be more harmonious with me as a as a as an Irish Italian um, American <laughs> and um, I I ended up finding I started uh, corresponding with this this very eccentric Canadian man who was called himself a druid and he had he was an expert in old Irish and he had this little journal that was half in English and half in Irish you know, that was kind of, I mean, so these are little bits and pieces. And then I had started studying just on my own, like hunting down the stories and the myths, and which was very hard back then because there was no internet and you had to go to these like used bookstores to find things. Um, and then I started, you know, so I was really getting immersed in things Irish and Scottish and I, and the language was there, but I couldn't make you know heads or tails of it. Though this man, Sean, was his. He 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 would say that you couldn't understand culture and the spirituality unless you learn the language. That's what he would say. <laughs> and then in at the end of the 1980s, my oldest son, um, his class, my children went to Waldorf schools, um, decided to make instruments as their senior project and I found this um, plan for the Trinity College harp actually <laughs> and David made me my first harp my son David that's how I started playing and because it was a wire strung harp my teacher Ann Heyman um, we were working with really old techniques and the bunting collection mm -hmm. so there that was if people know what that is, it was a collection of tunes from the 1792 Harp Festival. And there was the language again in the old script, you know. So, but I, I guess I, I could say what really got me wanting to learn the language first was um, in 2006, I met a Scottish woman 
who was who introduced me to this very old contemplative spiritual path that was grounded in Gaelic traditions of Scotland and Ireland and mm-hmm. within it were all these amazing chants that some are in Old Irish, some are in Modern Irish, some are in Scots Gaelic. So I started, I realized if I was going to sing them, I needed to study the language a little. Mm-hmm. And then kind of the catalyst <laughs> was hearing Irlo Leonard singing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a friend of mine, well, a sort of a mentor of mine in therapeutic music, her mother was born in Ballyvorney, and she called me up one day and she said, you have to listen to this singer, and especially see if you can get his recording of Ashling Gal when he was 14. You have to listen to this. <laughs> oh, wow. So that was it. Actually, I, I, I became kind of obsessed with listening to his his music, his singing, because there's something that he does that just grabbed me. There's something mm-hmm. about the feeling and the way he sings. And then so I decided to learn Munster Irish. So I got so, you know, and that was it. And then, you know, and then I started researching my ancestry a little more and it all fit together. Yeah. So, so that was it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I think um, I think it's really interesting that you kind of came through a different path to a lot of people. A lot of people start with their ancestry and then might lead to the language that way. But you kind of went through the more mm-hmm. spiritual and musical path. Um, and are your ancestry from the Munster region or were they from somewhere else? Well, they are what I found, you know, and it was funny because I don't, you know, I, I don't think I knew any of it until maybe five or years ago and mm-hmm. when I started studying studying the language because or when I started thinking about studying it and I found out that my my mother's father um, Ed Eddie Powers <laughs> his parents were from um, from uh, Waterford like right on the border Carrick and Sewer. so mm-hmm. so they were from there and okay I just yeah very nice um and you learned the harp through the oral tradition, so it was, you know, the kind of old way. Was that something you decided to do, or was that something your teacher kind of insisted you do? Um, well, back then, which was in the late 80s, there were only a few players of the wire-strung harp in, mm-hmm. in America, and probably even in Ireland back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they did it. That my the teacher. There were only two people that I knew that played wire. Well, there was Alan Stavell. So he, you know, he was from Brittany. He wasn't my teacher, but his music inspired a lot of us. And the two people um, that I could possibly study from were researching all the old old fingernail techniques so that was the only way you could play that harp really it doesn't sound good if you play it in the normal way you have mm-hmm. to play it with your fingernails yeah um yeah i think it's so interesting because like to to learn music that way the oral tradition which for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know was kind of the way music was taught for generations and the way stories and the irish language was kind of passed down as well because people couldn't read or write it's kind of quite beautiful to be introduced to the music that way as well as the language um, and I've never actually heard of people learning that way um, especially outside of Ireland so I think it's it's fantastic um, 
And if it wasn't for your son, do you think you would have learned a different traditional instrument or was it because he made the instrument that you felt the need to kind of start with that um, instrument? Well, no, I think I would have um, pursued the harp because a friend of mine had gotten a harp and the harp, you know, it's it's symbology and it's it's just like essential to Irish music. It's mm-hmm. it's like an archetype actually. Mm-hmm. And um you know, when you look at a harp, you certain thoughts come up in your mind. You know, it might be angels, <laughs> but um you know, it's it's a powerful thing. So I think I would have taken up the harp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of it's evolution as well has kind of been in line with the language too it started as something very noble and very prestigious and then kind of you know died out of the tradition a little bit and is coming back again so um that's really really lovely um and you you kind of mentioned that someone told you that the kind of cultural aspect of the language is integral to learning and would you Mm -hmm. agree with that to a certain extent do you think that having that understanding of the culture aids your language learning as well i think so and i think the um, the, you know, a language creates helps create a culture, so it's like a two-way street. I think they're connected completely because the the way you think, the way you just the language forms the whole way of thinking in a way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's kind of always the backdrop to the the language. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially I think for quite an old language. Um, mm-hmm. like Irish, it's important to understand why there's kind of that religious undertone to a lot of greetings and things. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's very, very interesting. Um, and you also worked for a long time in your life as part of the kind of therapeutical music scene um, in hospitals and things like that. And had you ever used Irish music in your work <laughs> before or was that something that kind of came in later in life? Oh, no, I always use it. Because when I started doing that, I I was involved in hospice um, after I graduated from nursing school, which I I did in my 40s. So um, I was involved in hospice, and that's when David uh, made the harp. And so as soon as I knew a few tunes, which were Irish tunes, (laughs) I would start playing for my patients, and they would fall asleep. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? And... um, so I decided to study, you know, to learn what I was doing. And that's how I began studying therapeutic music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, I play a lot of Irish tunes because um, mostly we use our own repertoire in our work and we change the music depending on what the patient needs. Like if they need to be relaxed more, we might slow things down or whatever. But the, the airs are perfect for this kind of work. Mm-hmm. But that's so beautiful. Um I'd never heard much about that kind of the the mixing of music and medicine and things. And it's it's really lovely to think that music can travel across oceans and, and be so beneficial to people in that way. Um, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Um, so now I'd like to hear more about your kind of journey with Irish and I suppose with Bite Size mm-hmm. as well. Um, so how did you come across Bite Size originally um, and how did your journey kind of begin with us? Well, I was, you know, so... I didn't, there were, wasn't anywhere local to study Irish back then, like four years ago, even, that I knew of. And so I was searching around the web, and that's how I found it. And when mm-hmm. I saw it was Munster Irish, I was like, okay, 
<laughs> so and and so I was totally a beginner, totally knew nothing, and um, I just found the way the lessons were set up, and the way Owen, oh, you know, the way it was set up, really helped me. I think I had been maybe I've been doing Duolingo a little bit, mm-hmm. but the thing about Duolingo is. It, it, there's, you don't, you know, they don't explain at least the way back then what the grammar is, and it seemed very, you know, sort of contrary to me. Yes, yeah, it's kind of very much a surface lesson. This is that, but you don't really understand why. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, and yeah, you're you're very active on Pubble as well. You're always sharing great resources, different things, and you shared something there for Culture Night. Um, which was on last weekend that I had never even heard of. So it was, it's great to have that kind of community. Do you think that's kind of important to you, especially if you're learning at home to have a kind of online community to bounce ideas off and, and share things with? Oh yeah, no, I think, and I really, um, I, you know, I hadn't been, been on Pobble um, until fairly recently and I, I really enjoy it and I love mm-hmm. connecting with other people and sharing stuff and, I mean, the language is about speaking, which is my biggest challenge, actually. So mm-hmm. anything I can do to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is the most difficult aspect of the Irish language you mentioned there, speaking? Do you think the pronunciation maybe is the most difficult part? or? Well, what I've realized, and it's been very interesting as an, as an elder... <laughs> who's mostly a, mo- a monoglot, you know, I mean, I took Latin for years and when I was in school and I, a little Spanish, but really I never spoke another language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really the listening and getting, it seems to me that the pronunciation, for me, if I can't pronounce a word, I can't remember it, number one, and I can't um, be confident in speaking at all if I can't pronounce it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, the pronunciation is really, really important. And what's what happened to me is, after I started doing bite size, like a couple, a year or two later, I heard about Irish lessons up in Albany, which is about an hour from me. Mm-hmm. And I started going to it, but it was all it's Ulster Irish, and they're really gung ho about it. And it, I found that to be very confusing. And I, I mean, I'm I'm much better at holding my own now, but. Um, the pronunciation differences it's it's quite different mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's it's interesting as well because a lot of people come to the language for ancestral reasons so like yourself you had that kind of connection to munster irish so you would like to learn munster irish and i've never i studied languages in college myself and i never have experienced such a kind of tribal approach to language in the way there is with Irish that you really stick to your dialect and you do not want to waver from it and I'm the same you know if I'm teaching I'm like this is Munster Irish this is how we say it Um, Mm and so it's something that I think as the because I think the language is definitely it's evolving and there's more and more people learning I think it'll be interesting to see where that goes you know if people are willing to kind of become a little bit more flexible with their dialect teachers and students both but um it's just a funny one I think you know people get this real sense of identity with the dialect so um I'm glad you're on the monster side of things <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I've gotten to the point where and, and actually I don't want to my teacher uh, I am taking lessons up there we're doing it online too and 
and she's wonderful. She's really good. But um, and she'll say, because there's a couple of us, she'll say, oh, well, you'd say it this way in Munster. But it's yeah. the speaking and the rhythm, actually, that she has that, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's different, yeah. And even the, the music as well, you know, the music kind mm-hmm. of reflected more dialectical things as well. And there was regional kind of sounds and styles and things. So um, I think that's more, it's becoming a little bit more uniform now. But uh, yeah, it could, it could happen with the language too. Um, so <laughs> what would you say to someone who is starting to learn Irish? You know, they're brand new to the language. They don't really know where to begin. What would be your number one tip to them? Um, I think listening to, like, having radio, not gal talked in the background, listening to music, just listening and to get the the feeling for it. And um, I think that's one thing, just to kind of have it in the background a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... One of the things that I'm finding is the most valuable to me is like repetition. Um, trying to get the language in your body so that it just, it's like automatic. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, one of my teachers has said to me that you have to, yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that, I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't. I think sometimes it's bad. Is there's actually so much available out there on the web, it can be almost too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a bit daunting if you Google something. Even for even yeah. for myself, if I'm posting something for Pubble and I Google something, there's just endless material, and that is so recent as well. You know, that wasn't available mm-hmm. five, ten years ago. There wasn't that much available. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right. Once the language becomes kind of automatic, you don't even realize yourself saying something in Irish. Then you know you've gotten it. But definitely, the rhythm and pronunciation is something to tackle. So yeah, I mean, I think it, that's kind of one of the very good things about bite size as well with the bio and a lot of there's a lot of sound resources available for people. Um, so yeah, that's that's great. And thank you for sharing your advice with us. Um, so you spent some time also in the Waterford Gwaeltacht, um last year in, in on Rhine and you're planning to go back this year weren't you but unfortunately with everything that's happening it can't go ahead and um, but would you like to go back to the Gwaeltacht at some stage? Oh yeah I would love to yeah I couldn't go I wasn't planning to go this year because I actually had a knee replacement so okay. um, but but yeah next year I would love to yeah. so we'll see what happens I mean it just it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah we could have a little bite-sized reunion in on Rhine that would be lovely. Oh um, that would be awesome. Yeah <laughs> Well, Gurv, Mil Mahagut, Melinda, you've really been a pleasure to chat to and I loved hearing your story and everything. Um, and I think it's it's kind of an inspiration really that you started with a Native American, that you kind of got that connection from, you know, your own native, your local native language and local native people. And then you said, okay, where's my native people, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing it. And um Keep sharing your lovely resources with us on Pubble as well. Um, it's been a pleasure to chat to you. So any any parting words for our, our community or our members? <laughs> well, I mean, thank you all so much for what you're doing and your dedication to to helping us all learn the language. I just, I'm very, I love, you know, one of the reasons I, I stayed with Bite Size is I, it's just the way, the way the company is run inspires me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like... I just really want to support it. And I, I just love your gen- the generosity. That oh, that's great. So yeah. thank you very much. 
it's lovely it's kind of it's very um it's a very close community on Hubble it's really really nice even the short time I've been there it's been really nice to get to know everyone and understand your different needs and levels and things so um yeah I look forward to getting to know you more anyway um so yeah girl me and my got the Melinda um and they made a glower to I will chat soon yeah so Melinda August Ashling Gramil Mahagov that was a lovely interview lovely to hear uh, Melinda's perspective and how she how she came at Irish and um Gramhagat Ashling for uh, running the interview and uh, you can find on YouTube um a video recording of this interview as well if you're interested in watching that and um to finish off thanks as always to Tsukumo whose music you hear on this podcast episode and until next time we might see you at www.bitesize.irish try out our secrets to gaelge gachla ebook that's on the website and if you sign up for free taster membership from there you get access to our gaelge gachla toolkit which is a collection of worksheets maps as we call them a, a seinfeld method calendar it's kind of cool what we've put together, I have to say. So hope you enjoyed that. See you in there. Slán tamil.